To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers podcast, episode 114. The Opinionated Bench Warmers are back recording on Saturday morning because we are excited. I don't know about you fellas. It feels slightly like a holiday. I'll say I'll explain slightly later. But it's the start of the NBA playoffs. We had to get it in. We had to let y'all know a preview. We had to get a preview in before the after the final play-in games have wrapped up. And we're, we're here. We're committed. We woke up this morning and we're getting it knocked out. Of course, if you miss it before uh, before watching the playoff games or you catch us after, it's fine. We're still going through all of the first round matchups and our predictions. So this episode still will be good going forward uh, for, for at least another week. So uh, just just dive into it. Hopefully you get into it. Uh, just a couple things to get out the way. Make sure you find no opinionated bench warmers on social media handles. O underscore bench warmers. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Opinionated Benchwarmers, um, on any podcast platform. And you also can catch us in the radio uh, on the radio in New Orleans and Baton Rouge area of 99.1. Every Thursday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., you can find our segment that we have. Again, that's New Orleans and Baton Rouge, 99.1 FN. You can catch us on the radio as part of the Simply Simone Show. Uh, fellas, how y'all feeling? Good, man. Playoffs are here. You know, it's just a weird feeling for me being a Lakers fan and my team not in it. But, um, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, honestly, man, I didn't really want to mention that part. It, it feels kind of awkward. Normally, I'm really excited. You know, I kind of got mixed feelings right now. But I'm pretty sure that once the games get rolling, I'll be locked in like I am every year. So, you know, I'm ready to go ahead and get this, this episode rolling, man. Well, like y'all mentioned, that's why I said I'm slightly excited. It slightly feels like a holiday because obviously our Los Angeles Lakers weren't invited to the dance. I didn't earn the right to make it to the dance. We had our play-in games wrap up last night. Uh, I guess that's a good place for us to start. But before we start, I know that the fans want to hear from us. Where do we feel like the Lakers should go forward? Of course, they were high expectations. Probably one of the most disappointing Lakers seasons in not only NBA history, but I know for sure Laker history with how high the expectations were when we traded for Russell Westbrook, only to find ourselves not even to make the play-in game. Ironically, LeBron said that whoever made the play-in game should be fired, and he was hoping to make it and didn't make that. So, you know, I mean, I know the listeners want to hear it, man. Let's break it down, man. Will, will, we, will we go from here and, you know, let's pick up the pieces. We'll talk about the Lakers if they won the championship, so we got to talk about them when they're down. Let's just spend some time talking about that and dissecting that, get that out the way, then we'll jump into some playoff talk. Yeah, what a, a letdown, a huge letdown. I mean, you look at the year 
I mean, you look at going into the year, the expectations as people picking the Lakers going to the finals. You know, not only that they didn't make the playoffs, they didn't even make the play-in. We didn't even get to compete for the win or go home play-in, which is just ridiculous. Finishing 11th in the West is just next to Sacramento. Like, were we really that bad of a team? Like, come on, man. Like, I don't know. It was just – it was very disappointing season. And, you know, like we said on previous podcasts, this has to be literally the most disappointing season in my lifetime, just from expectations until where we finished from injury standpoint to coaching and to, you know, even the press conference and how Russell finished it. And, you know, he didn't hold back words for the Lakers and the organization. And, you know, Frank Vogel, obviously there was some rift there and that they didn't too much care for each other. And, you know, so, you know, Frank Vogel is now gone. You know, Russ, hopefully he's next <laughs> because it, 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 where we go from here is hopefully something new and not the same thing. Because uh, if they think it's this injury thing that they can put the same product on the on the court and put a bunch of old vets on the floor, then we're going to be, it's going to be insanity, you know, doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome, a bunch of old guys getting hurt. So um, hopefully we get some change. Hopefully we get one more sucker. All it's going to take is one more sucker team to fall into that Russell, <laughs> Russell, that <laughs> Russell aura, whatever you call it. Sunday. <laughs> one more. We just need one more team to be like, you know what? Maybe it was just a bad situation. <laughs> Maybe yeah, we can just right. Maybe our situation can be a little better with him. They can fix us, huh? Uh, yeah. to, first, to first answer your question, if we were that bad, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say yes, we were that bad. Like, wherever we finish is where we definitely deserve to finish. Uh, and picking up the pieces and moving forward, uh, of course, you already mentioned Vogel being fired. I honestly think that a replacement for Frank Vogel, um, considering the circumstances, considering how certain head coaches might feel, Maybe this is Mark Jackson's chance. You know, maybe this is his opportunity to get back in the league and to, to coach in the NBA again. You know, I think that it's a job and an opportunity at this point that, you know, if coaches, you know, aren't looking for kind of the three-year deal that Bogle got because we know that that was the difference between Tyron Lue coming and honestly between, you know, maybe Monty Williams coming as well is the difference of a three- and five-year deal. And so I think that there may be some hesitancy uh, but a guy like that, I think, would look to kind of take that opportunity. I think that he would get the support of the players, especially LeBron and AD, uh, with his credibility and people feeling that, you know, he he should be coaching in the league right now. So I look at that as a viable head coaching candidate. And um, like you already said, man, just reform the roster, pretty much ship out anyone not named uh, AD and LeBron. Uh, we can bring Malik Monk back. I like what he did for us. A guy like Austin Reeves was a nice young piece for us. Um, you know, a guy like even Stanley Johnson, what he was able to bring in his time. So some of those young pieces, bring them back. They're a little bit more cost controlled and um, try to ship out Russ. You know, I know that they've mentioned Indiana as a potential suitor, you know, with the whole Brogdon Buddy Hill thing that, that might seem like a pipe dream to some people. But I just know it's been mentioned and thrown out and then Charlotte being a candidate as well. So we'll kind of see where what, it goes. What about your twin, Wendell Grable? You talking to Rob? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, no pastor, but that was your joke. That was your joke. I'm trying to slide that right. Look, man, I, it was disappointing for us to finish 33 and 49 after trading for Russell, having Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron. Of course, we went through our fast share of bad luck with AD going out. You know, he came back for a while, hurt his ankle, and he was out for another month. LeBron spent some time on the sideline as well. Westbrook played every game. 
Uh, but even when they was all together for the first 20 games, it, it didn't look good. And um, unfortunately, somebody has to take the fall. I feel like Vogel was dealt a bad hand to, to be given that type of roster and for it not to work and for him to be fired at the season's conclusion. I thought that was a little unfair. Uh, but I think that the roster just from the start was just bad. I mean, thinking that, you know, let's talk about LeBron's tweet that didn't age well. Y'all talk about our age. Y'all talk about our roster. And that did not age well because exactly what people said, how is this going to work with Westbrook? And we've all collectively said it. How is this going to work? We're happy that you're here, but how is this going to work with Westbrook, who's ball dominant and LeBron ball dominant and Westbrook can't shoot? So I think it was just uh, a disaster from the start. I think as Lakers fans, we hope that it worked. And we, we figured out, like, well, the, the greats always figure it out. But when you're looking back on it, now that we know how this transpired, this roster did not make sense at all. We had no shooting on the team. We had no defense. We had nobody to protect the rim. The way Howard is washed, even, even during our championship year, he, was, he gave, had something left in the tank. But this year, clearly, he's washed. He don't have anything left. And um, we didn't have a true center. We didn't have any shooters. So I think that the advice is, like you said, Ramon, I mean, start with that core, Harden Tucker, see if Malik Monk wants to come back, um, bring back. I like Gabriel's energy, actually. So I will bring him back, um, Stanley Johnson. And let's get some shooters. You know, it was rumored, you know, like Magic Johnson said on first take, that we could have gotten Buddy Hill and um, uh, shoot. The Rosen. The Rosen. The Rosen. So I think that both of those guys would have been great. Like Buddy Hill – I think a lot of times when you make these moves, you look at their past, their ability, and you look at the future and the present. I think that Buddy Hill probably with this nucleus of AD and LeBron probably would have saw some looks he's never seen in his career before. And I, I would expect his three-point percentage to go up being with us. So, I mean, I just think that there's a lot of moves. But I think that this roster, like, people sleep on us. And I know all the Pelicans fans, we're going to get to them in a second, that they're bashing us, at least the ones I know, because I'm in Louisiana. I think that what you have to look at is that this team is only a few moves away from being a competitor again. Like when you have LeBron and AD, a motivated AD, because I really feel like AD is going to get in the gym, get in shape and and try to avoid injury this upcoming season. Uh, He's tired of being smeared. He's a top five talent when he's on the floor. Um, I think that once you add the right pieces and we let Rob Palenka do his doggone job and LeBron, you stay, stay the, like, stay out of all our front office affairs. Let Rob Palenka do his job. If you let him do that, we will have a championship roster next season. That's my spill. It was disappointing to see. I think this is one of probably the most disappointing seasons. Even back in our Lonzo days and B.I. days, it was just fun seeing the young prospects mesh. But this is the probably one of the worst seasons I've ever witnessed as being a Lakers fan. Even when we, we've had some bad seasons, even with Kobe. Nah, yeah, with, with Smush Parker, that was pretty bad. And Chris came in, like, but this is one of the, this is up there as one of the worst seasons I ever seen in Lakers history. It is the worst to me, but yeah, I, no question for me. Yeah, yeah, I guess the disappointing factor of having a talent to compete and not being able to do that, but that's neither here nor there. That's the wrap up the Lakers segment. I think we 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 only a few moves away. Uh, I think Rob Palinka a mop this mess up and get us back on track. Right. Can I ask a quick question quick? And I know we don't want to make this a Laker podcast, but who do y'all want as the head coach? Who do y'all who would be the ideal situation for me? Obviously, I know we talked about Nick Nurse or whatever, and he's, you know, a disciple of 
Phil Jackson and, you know, all that X, Y, and Z. But I like Jawan Howard. I know he might not want to leave his Michigan, but I like Jawan Howard. I think he'll be a good coach for us. I think he'll get the respect of those guys in there, and I think they will follow him. I think that'll be a good one. He definitely going to get respect. I'll tell you that. No. He's going to make sure he <laughs> gets respect. the taste out your mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I think for me, I will probably like Mike, my uh, Mark Jackson, um, but just because I've been an advocate for him being in the league, that's such a great basketball mind for him to be on the sideline as long as he has. I think that he will demand respect um, if you know on the floor, and you're gonna respect him front office and all. Like I feel like this past year, you know, Vogel, and then another thing, side, not to bounce off your question, what bothered me too about Westbrook's press conference was the fact he was so critical for Vogel, but there was rumors of the front office telling Vogel to bench Westbrook, and Vogel was the main one that kept you as a starter. So I didn't quite get why he's saying, oh, he never gave me a fast shot in Los Angeles. Dude, there were times where the roster was gutted because of injury, and you was out there alone, you still didn't perform. What does Vogel have to do with you shooting shots off the side of the backboard? It, it just amazes me how some of these guys are can be so – senile and so out of like out of it they're not in reality and he really feels like he doesn't have to change his game and we look at Kobe and how his game progressed now nah, he's how he turned into his footwork and post moves once his athleticism went and you look at Kevin Durant and how his game has translated you know look even LeBron LeBron is, is a decent three-point shooter I, I never thought I'd see the day where I'd be like yeah LeBron shoot that three you know but Westbrook it kind of goes into his psyche of why he's not progressing throughout his career. His athleticism is leaving him. And now we saw last year when his, once his athleticism, athleticism leaves, he, he can't do anything on the floor. Yeah. That was all his game, what his game is about, you know, and it's just, it was, it's sad. It was just sad to see, bro. It was just like, you know, we looked at a rush that was just like really declining, getting to the rim and just absolutely just can't layups. make the layups. Like yeah, wide open I guess layups. that was Vogel's fault too, huh? Yeah, <laughs> like and his shot, that corner shot that he thinks is so good. Oh my gosh, I've never seen so many bad like. And I, and I don't want to hear, 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 hit a, hit a casual NBA fan. I don't know why everybody's so bad on Russell, but I'll take a guy averaging. What was he averaging? I don't know. Yeah. Put I, I don't want to get this. No, right. no, no, no. You, you're right. And he averaged something like oh, 26 yeah. and 7. Uh, he averaged 18, 7 and 7. I'll take that every day. But did you watch a game this year? Right. Russell right. See, that is a casual fan, and I've said this for a long time, and I haven't watched Russ closely over the years, but now that he was on the Lakers, I got a chance to watch him. It's a difference in having good stats at the end of the game and playing winning basketball. In his closing press conference, he made the statement of, you That's know, what I want to say about LeBron, <clears throat> but you don't want to talk about that. <clears throat> anyway, but he plays winning basketball. That's the difference. That's a yeah. huge difference. That's a huge difference. Don't don't even no, do I'm don't not I'm not bro. saying that he don't. don't that, bro. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but there are times where LeBron like to pad them stats too. And nobody wants to talk about it. But well, LeBron, LeBron anyway, that's neat here not there. But anyway, <laughs> Russ, as far as watching him play, he doesn't understand tempo. He is just, you know, you get a good lead, he's pushing the ball, he's then turning the ball over. It's just bad basketball, just a bad formula. It's just like, dude. If you look at the stats at the end of the game, like, dang, man, Russ really killed it. Like, no, Russ also got seven turnovers, yeah. too, and turnovers in critical moments and, like, you know, killing momentum and also not playing good defense. It's like 
yes, for the casual fan, they like, man, Russ defense. Russ is good. Russ, blah, blah, blah. But no, no, man, no, you watch defense. these games. <laughs> this dude is not good at all. I mean, he, and it's it's like he's in denial. He's, yeah. His athleticism is leaving him, and he refuses to add something to his game, at least a jump shot. Even Rondo can and, knock down shots. Well, and, and that's, about, well, that's what I was just about to say. You look at guys like Rondo, you even look at a guy like Jason Kidd, that early in his, his right, career, Jason Kidd shoot. could not shoot. Uh, they started calling him Acing Kid because they said he didn't have the J, like basically. And so, and he is a guy that finished, I think, top five in his in yeah. NBA three pointers. Like, and so, you know, you look at that and you got to say, okay, now it's time for your game to evolve. There's something that needs to change. And Russ just, he just can't see it. He just doesn't get it. He just thinks that it's, it's everyone else and it's not him that's the issue. Well, my bad, man. I know I jumped in on this and changed the subject, man. What, what coach would you yeah. like to see for the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, you know, I kind of already alluded to it, man, with Mark Jackson. I, I okay. think that Mark so Jackson on board. would be the guy. Now, I think that uh, if that happens, uh, it's going – that meme with the with all due respect is going to break, like, every Twitter record because we're going to see that to, uh, to the end of times if Mark Jackson becomes the, the <laughs> Lakers coach. We're going to keep seeing that. Uh, but I, I just think that he'll be a fit, and I think that he's a guy that would take that opportunity – Nick Nurse, probably, if we say ideal situation, I do think for me, Nick Nurse would probably be tops on my list. But as far do you as think someone he'll I leave Toronto, though, no, that's, and that's and that's yeah, why I don't so. I don't view him as a viable candidate, and that's why I say yeah, Mark I, I doubt he'll leave that situation. I'm, that front office knows how to draft and put together a roster to compete year in and year out. Um, you know, Golden State is another team like that. I was just thinking about it. You know, because I saw the quote about LeBron saying he want to play with Steph. I was like, wait, LeBron, you going to Golden State? Because I highly doubt Steph is going to leave Golden State. He already got, what, three chips? He got he got, he got got two league MVPs. And I think that legacy means a lot to Curry. And his team, look at his team. The nucleus is in their prime. You know, you could, you could argue that Draymond is declining just slightly. But he's still a very extremely effective. Then you got guys like Kaminga, who's a rookie, coming in. They got Jordan Poole, who they found, which is a diamond in the rough that can take over the load. When, like, this team is going to be good still for a very, very long time. And Wiseman hasn't even played this season. Exactly. And it's to add on the fact of good coaching. Um, I would like for us to, to get into that more mentality. I'm tired of the, like, the popcorn stuff. I'm tired of that. Like, well, we're only good for a year. Like, we need to really do this the right way. And we began doing it the right way. And then LeBron just just ramshack the whole thing. We just win, win now, win later. You know, I really want us to do this the right way. Like, even if we have to compete and and, and even if we create a roster, I know LeBron not going to tolerate it, but if we could just build a roster to where we can compete and, and make sense, which we probably won't see. As long as LeBron on our team, we're not going to do it. But I really just wish we could get back. When you look at all the talent across the league, you look at Larry Nance, what he had, 14 and 16 last night. You look at B.I. led the Pelicans last night to the play-in game. You look at John Clarkson, six-man of the year. Like, we drafted some talent, and none of those guys are on our team anymore. So I really want, I really wish my wish for the Lakers, I know it's not going to happen, is for us to just build this thing the right way. And Golden State, I mean, think, think about it. Golden State have Steph, which is a superstar, and Clay, who's a superstar, but they still was able to draft and still make their roster. They still have stuff for the future. It's like we don't do that anymore, and I think we got to get back to that. 
Yeah, I agree. We got to get back to that. We got, and I think we figured that out towards the end of the year when we started bringing in these younger players and putting them on these ten-day um, contracts and filling out. We realized that hey, all these vets on this team, these guys can't last on this crunch schedule. Of you know, I don't even know how many <laughs> games we have now with the play-in, but close to eighty-two games. You know, it's just like you know, we got to get some young pieces in there because we had a whole bunch of pretty guys in there that love to shoot, they love to put up numbers, but nobody to start the year, at least, that wanted to do the dirty work. Nobody that wanted to play the defense. Nobody wanted to get the rebounds. And so that was our issue. It's like these teams are beating us squarely off that. If we're not shooting well, not doing anything, we're not going to win the hustle battle because these guys not going to be jumping on the floor. Camelo ain't going to have to get on the floor. <laughs> He's looking like, all right, you got that. Let's keep moving. That's a possession that you're losing. You know, Russ, he in a state that he just can't be – he he can't be touched. He has this – this mindset that he's never in the wrong. And then you got LeBron, obviously, he always feel like that. He taking his time up the court. AD can't be on the floor. Don't get me started on the Lakers, man. Like, yeah, just... we, we definitely <laughs> told the listeners it wasn't going to be a Lakers pie. <laughs> we definitely headed in that About 30 direction. minutes in this thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, let's, let's tarry along. Uh, let's tarry along. So we had some excellent basketball games. Like I said, it's my favorite time of the year. I'll be watching after we finish recording this and everything. I'm going to be hooked to the TV, watching all the games. My favorite time of the year, NBA playoffs. Uh, but before we get into the first round matchups, we had some excellent matchups last night. Uh, and we saw some great games, some great basketball from uh, the Atlanta Atlanta and Cleveland, which was playing for the right to face Miami. And then you had New Orleans and the Clippers, which was playing for the right to play uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, it's not much of an award to to win a game and have to play either one of those teams. But <laughs> but let's talk about the uh, let's talk, start off with the first game, man. It, it seemed like Cleveland to me was, was gonna run away with that game, uh, but that man Trey Young is a bad man. Uh, career game he had, and I think that. Uh, he has, if if not, I think he's convinced me that he's definitely a superstar now. Uh, but he finished the game with 38, uh, 38 points, uh, three rebounds, and nine assists. Uh, he's a facilitator, and he finished the season with uh, – led the league in points, total points, and assists, which is not easy to do. Uh, dude has taken another level to, to his game. But I'm looking at him shooting from half court and everything. It was nothing really they could do. But ultimately, uh, Atlanta won one hundred seven to one hundred one. But I mean, it was it was it, they started off, man. I think uh, Cleveland was up as much as sixteen in that first half. And uh, man, Atlanta, you know, due to Trey Young, Trey Young c- kind of woke up in the, the third quarter. Is his quarter, and uh, he took over, and it was too much for Cleveland. And uh, Cleveland had a great season despite the injuries, but they fell short. Yeah, it, I mean, they did fall, fall short, man. They had every opportunity to lock up that playoff position. And, you know, they they just didn't, you know. And I really do – I really look at the matchup of the Pelicans and the Suns. I got a gentleman sweep on that one. Oh, we I just going to skip the whole segment. He, <laughs> he just jumped the gun <laughs> real quick. No, no, no. I thought you jumped. It. I yeah, thought you said you wanted to talk give, about the Pelicans and the Suns, bro. That's not give me the chance to, to talk about Trey Young or nothing. Huh? My bad, bro. I thought we started on the Pelicans side because I said there was no, there was no, that was not a real win for them to get the Suns first round. My bad. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Just right quick, man. Uh, just like you mentioned, the thing with it that stuck out to me is that 
Trey Young is just built for these moments. Like mm. there are some guys that are just built for the big moments, the big games, and he just always steps up. And no matter what environment, it's almost like he relishes going on the road more to just shut up some road fans than even being and doing it at home. Like he's just that guy. Uh, I would say one thing as a side note, I don't know if I've ever seen a trade as mutually beneficial as that Luca and Trey Young deal. Like that deal was literally perfect for both sides. The assets that Atlanta, of course, was able to get out of it. Dallas got, in my opinion, the better player in Luca, but it's not that far of a gap at this mm-hmm. point. And Luca fits the culture in Dallas more, and Trey Young fits the culture in Atlanta more. Like I think that it literally was a win-win for both. One of the most even trades, and I think that you know, if Atlanta were fully healthy, they could make more noise, but. You know, they showed you that, hey, when Trey Young is on it, you know, he's a hard dude to stop. 32 in the second half, crazy performance from him. Can I get a slight edge to Trey just because he's led his team to the conference? Didn't he lead him to the conference finals? Conference last finals, year? yeah. Yeah, so I get I kind of get a slight edge to him. Plus, I think you get maybe, I don't know, because they both are kind of a liability on defense, but um I don't know, but I get a slight edge to Trey. But yeah, yeah, let's get it. Let's get into it. Like Los was saying with the with the Pelicans, you could take it away, Los. Uh, the Pelicans uh, beat um, who did they beat? The Clippers. The Clippers. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they beat the Clippers. Uh, final score one on five, one on one. Again, a game that the Pelicans pretty much controlled, but the Clippers gave them a scare. Uh, the biggest news of the game was that Paul George did not play because of COVID protocols. Man, they can't catch a break. Kawhi missed the whole season. Um, New Orleans is it's interesting. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna let Los go and then I'll get into what I thought was interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead, Los. No, yeah, I just look at that game last night with the Clippers and the Pelicans. It was just um it was kind of back and forth. You know, the Pelicans started off strong and you know, BI was locked in, and then the, the uh, Clippers made a run and they pretty much took control of the game after half, where it was like, okay, this young team looks like they're starting to fold. And then they switched over to Willie Green talking to his team in the huddle, and he was giving a motivational speech at him being such a young coach. I felt it. I was just like, dang, okay. He was like, look, play for something, you know? And it was just like – Had you ready you know, to lace them up, huh, Lowe? Right. Had me ready to put them back <laughs> on, your, man. Your twin had you want to lace them up, huh, Lowe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so they – um, it, it was just – him in the, in the huddle, he said, he said, they gave you their best punch. You're now down 10 going into the fourth quarter. And so when he said that, he was like, now, show up. Show up now. And they did. They responded right after that. It was a three-pointer, a two-pointer by Ingram, and then a three-pointer by, uh, what's that guy named, Trent. And so it was just at a good place. It was just, uh, I was really, really good to see them respond to a, a, a veteran team. And then you look at the Clippers on their side, it's just like, where does this team go? You know, they can't catch a break with, Playoff P, pandemic P, whoever you want to call him. And then you look at Kawhi, who just decided he's just going to take a vacation this season. And, like, and you know, they get all these good – you get Covington, you get Powell. You get all – you have good players on that team to be a championship roster, a deep roster. And now you're going into this offseason, it's like, what, what, do you, what do you do with this roster? You say, okay, now we're fully healthy. Let's try to do it. And, you know, and then it doesn't work again. It's just – I feel like they almost in the worst place as the Lakers right now with their roster because, again, they have a lot of pending free agents as well. But, again, it was a good game by the Pelicans. It's good to see them make it. I know a lot of Pelicans fans are talking crap, but I, I like to see the home team 
make it and do well. I mean, I know that deal forever be kind of in the back of our minds, but I like to see B.I. It's no fault of those young guys that got traded for A.D. I would like to see those young guys do well or at least get the playoff experience as they go forward. Yeah. And, and, and that was the big thing for me, especially what you mentioned in B.I. and seeing kind of the tone that he was able to set early off in the game to get the Pelicans going. And then to see, of course, when they back was against the wall, he he really closed strong. He kind of had a little bit of a dip, you know, in the second and third quarters. But if you look at his first quarter performance and fourth quarter performance. Uh, I thought it was big time because what you would typically think for a play in game like that is you're going to kind of rely on that experience and C.J. McCollum to kind of lead the charge. But B.I. said that he was ready for the moment, like he stepped up from the beginning of the game and basically said, hey, you know, I'll will this team into the playoffs. And so uh, hats off to B.I. for that. Uh, Pelicans, like you said, they responded. Uh, it was a big it was a strong effort for them within that game. That what I will say is is for the league hats off to the play in tournament like. There were so many good games, like pretty much every game in that play in uh, was good. Even getting to Minnesota's championship celebration with Patrick Beverly doing everything he did. Um, the play in was just a, a great thing. And it, I feel like what the play in has, has done for us is that it has given us a feel of like March madness, like right before the playoffs begin. And I just like hats off to the league for being able to do that. Not only that, I'll say this really quick. Not only that is the play-in also keeps those teams at the bottom continually to play at the end. Those veterans aren't, like, sitting out for the last two or three weeks of the season. Those veterans are actually pushing to be in that play-in. So, like a LeBron who kind of forced his way into that Suns game, you get those people we are competing at the end. So, that also makes it good for the NBA and their product. So, I'll say the play-in is one of those greatest ideas, and it should stay forever. I agree with both of you guys, and I'm not going to repeat what y'all said because I don't think nothing better could be said. But what I will say is Executive David Griffin, let's give him his flowers. Uh, New Orleans fans and everybody in the NBA was very critical of this man. This man put up together a great roster. Zion Williamson, their superstar, has not played a single minute this season. So the fact that it, it's twofold. He hired the leader, Willie Green. Nobody really we've heard of his name in passing, but nobody really expected him to be the, be the guy. Will you get Willie Green in there, was able to coach this team. They were in games this season that they weren't supposed to be in, and he did it without his best player, got them boys rolling, and now they're in the first round of the playoffs. I think anything more than that is just a dessert. It's just an extra serving. This season has been nothing short of a success for David Griffin as an executive. Uh, making these trades to get a C.J. McCollum, who fits very well with the culture. The city has already embraced him. He's embraced the city uh, for him to make moves to get Valentunis. I think it, that was the tail end of last year. You know, he's making moves, and I think that this roster is very solid, and I think that ultimately I feel like they're going to get swept. But, but man, I think it'll be a – I think they'll get one game. I think they'll get one game. I think it'll be a gentleman's sweep but with the, with the Suns. Uh, but – you know, just give Willie Green his flowers. Again, give Tyron Lue his flowers. Without Kawhi, without PG for majority of the season, and he still found his team in the playing game. He did a great job coaching last night. They just didn't have what it took. I think they really missed Paul George's ability to create his own shot towards the end of the stretch. Uh, but, man, these are two – these brothers are coaching, man. We got a lot of great, great black coaches in the league, and Willie Green and Tyron Lue, they salute to them, hats off to them. Uh, they did a, they're doing a phenomenal job. 
Uh, I mean, I'm kind of jealous that we didn't get Tyron Lue because he's an exceptional coach. Uh, and, I mean, hey, look, I, I mean, that's all I have to say about it. We can move on to the first round here. So let's just start off with what we just discussed. So we said the Cleveland Cavaliers have uh, lost to Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks have earned the right to play the Bucks in the first round. And Miami uh, Heat. I'm sorry, <laughs> Miami Heat. I said that before. I don't know why yeah. I said the Bucks. Miami Heat. Um, I don't think they match up well with the with the Heat. I don't. I really don't. I don't think. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a gentleman sweep there. That's my prediction. Uh, Trey Young is gonna have to drop forty every game, but I I think that they. With Jimmy Butler, I could see a, a, a situation where they put Jimmy on tap tray. Uh, what that will do with just Jimmy's size alone uh, and Trey, I think that that would cause some issues for Trey. I don't think they're going to allow him to be to freelance off the pick and roll like he did um, last night. And I think that it, it's going to be tough for him. I just don't think they got enough. And then we saw that uh, Clint Capella went down too. That's huge if he's not able to suit up. Uh, for the first coup games, I can see it's getting ugly fast. Yeah, the size is going to be an issue, but like I'm not too concerned with the heat and the size with l- losing Clint Capella just because um, Bam is an undersized center already. And so I kind of look at it as I, I actually got Atlanta winning two games. Atlanta winning two games. I got Miami in six. Uh, yeah, for me, I have a. Man, it's it's a tough. It was tough between five and six for me, but I'm gonna ultimately go to gentleman sweep. Uh, I do believe so much in Trey Young, and so that was the reason why it was hard to just only do five games. But I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go to Heat winning in uh, five with the gentleman sweep. I think that another thing that we aren't mentioning is the fact that John Collins has been out for so long, and the fact that of course he probably won't be playing in this series, and I think that that's a big loss as well. They're saying that the Clint Capella situation, it seems like it may not uh, completely hold him out; that it may just be uh, kind of a hyper extension that could hamper him. Of course, maybe similar to kind of how Giannis was last year in the playoffs, uh, but that's still to be determined. But uh, I still think ultimately it'll end up being a gentleman sweep. But man, Trey Young just he he he's just that guy that if anyone can get to like Los has mentioned, and Trey Young is that guy that can help them to get to. Hey, look if uh, if any any at anything, I'm gonna watch that series just to see Trey Young play. I mean, that's how phenomenal he is. He's big time. I love watching him play. Uh, he definitely has is a superstar. So, yeah, moving on to the next piece of that, you got the Pelicans who finished their, finished the job uh, last night against the Clippers uh, to advance in the first round. They'll be facing the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns have been on fire all season. They're well coached. They got CP3, the general, probably one of the best leaders on the floor, or floor generals to ever play the game. Um, I think uh, I'm torn with this one. I want to say sweep. I don't think they'll get more than one game for sure. But if they do get one game, it'll be intangibles. But I just don't feel like the Suns, I think they locked in this year, man. I think I think I'm gonna go for the sweep here, man. I don't think I don't think the Pelicans gonna get a game. I just don't. I, it's just too many factors. It's just too many hills to climb. The Suns are too deep. Um, the Suns can really do it because everything's wide open. And I think that they have a bad taste in their mouth how things ended last year against the Bucks in the finals. So I don't think that they're gonna. I think they're gonna set the tone and set the tone for the rest of the league that they that they hear and they they plan on being real champions. So I'm, I'm gonna go with the sweep here. Yeah, I mean, I got I got them winning one game, and I think the most critical matchup of this, and it's gonna be a good one, is Devin Booker against Herbert Jones. 
that young rook is serious on defense. And he is, but he can't do nothing with Book. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think Book is obviously going to win it, win the matchup. This, but I think I want to watch that matchup. I want to see how, because you know that's who he's going to be on. And so I want to see. I think it's going to be a game in there where he's going to get the best of Book. He's going to frustrate Book. Now, Book still may have 25. You know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but he's still going to have some critical plays in there. And I think for that aspect, I think they have too many good players. I think there's a game where in there where you have C.J. McCollum. He, he, you know, we've seen where he scored 27 in the first half or the first quarter, I think. Something crazy like that. I think you have Brandon Ingram. And I think, I think they match up well against the Suns as far as size and players with Big Val, you know, obviously with um, – with, with you talking about Jackson Hayes? Yeah, Jackson Hayes. They have the size to match up with them, but again, obviously they have a better. The Suns have a better team. I think they at least steal one game. Yeah, I don't know why you were saying that. I was just envisioning this like Herb Jones and Booker graphic, like them being the the main the main points of a graphic. Them being face to face. Them the ones. <laughs> but but uh but no man, I think that uh I think that ultimately it'll be a gentleman sweep. I do think that this has been uh definitely a positive for the Pelicans and how they've rebounded throughout the course of the, the season. Um them starting one and twelve. But this series, I just think that the Suns are uh well on machine. Like we've seen them how they operated with CP3. We saw them without CP3, and then we saw CP3 come back. And it's been pretty much the same result the entire year. Uh, they are definitely mission focused. Booker has that chip on his shoulder for not really being in the MVP race and discussion at this point. And I think that um, they just, you know, flying on all cylinders. So I got the Suns in five. Uh, the only thing that could potentially make me think any differently is if this little glimmer of hope of Zion Williamson coming back happens. But I don't think we're going to see that. And so I got Suns in five. So I'm gonna I'm gonna die on my ledge alone about the Pelicans getting swept, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I'm I'm used to being alone. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Dallas and Utah, which will kick things off today. Um, they start off at noon Eastern. Um, it was reported that Luka Doncic won't play tonight, so that's gonna change my predictions a lot. I think that if he played, I think that we would see a different series here. Utah has been up and down all season, so I'm not sure whether to trust them or not um, here. And I think that it points to Donovan Mitchell and his growth. Of course, we know he's an amazing office of talent, but I think there's another step that he has to leap in his playmaking and um, just contributing more to the game, his impact toward the game. Uh, so I think Dallas has a real shot, shot to win this game. I think it'll go to six. Uh, I think that the only reason it's going to six is because Luka not playing, and I think that the Jazz will win today. Uh, but – um, I, I got, I got, I got Dallas in six, man. I think they'll they'll uh, take care of business against Utah. I think it'll be tight. These will be tight, tight games. But I think that ultimately Dallas will come out uh, better, and that's because of Luca Magic. I, I, you know, I'm not gonna bet against Luca and what he can do on the floor. And it's gonna be Luca versus Donovan Mitchell. If if I was to pick out of the two, like I mentioned about Donovan and my concerns with him, those aren't concerns for me with Luca and his impact of the game. So ultimately, I get a nod to Luca, and I think they get it done in six games. Yeah, I got Utah uh, in five in this series. It's just because wow. I just I don't think I don't think Luca's I think Luca's injury is more serious than what it is, and it's the calf, and that's so much of his game pushing off, getting to the rim. He just can't stand back there. If he can't be himself. And he's missing this first game. And the reports are saying that he's cloudy for the second game. And, you know, I look at the size 
the size difference, I know they're going to have to pay Boban a little bit on um, uh, Rudy Gobert a little bit more, but they can't roll out Powell against Gobert all game because that's a, a big matchup and they're going to win the rebound game. When I look at that from that standpoint, him missing this first game and pretty much – and, again, I know they have a pieces to be in place and they made that, that trade um, – I can't even think of uh, – Spencer Dinwiddie to bring him in to carry the load when uh, Luca is not in there. So it's going to be really big series, I think, for Spencer Dinwiddie and see what he can. Can he be that guy to really help the team? And they have Bronson as well. So they have guards to keep it there. Luca is special, obviously. But I think at, in the end, Utah is too much for them right now, especially with Luca's injury. And I got Utah in five. Yeah, uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I have Utah in six uh, for a lot of reasons y'all have already echoed. To me, if Luca's health is any concern or any uncertainty throughout the course of this series, with him missing any time, I just think that that's too much of an uphill battle for uh, the Mavs to overcome. If Luca were healthy, I would lean to the Mavs in this series because I think he is the best player in this series, but the best ability is availability. And so ultimately, I'm going to have to take Utah in six. Yeah, my disclaimer, of course, is if Luca's if Luca's healthy and able to play, I think that that makes Dallas a better team. So I want to put that disclaimer out there in case anybody listening to this and be like, "What you picked them?" You know how people like to do. But anyway, Golden State with the eight, uh, with the six. I'm sorry, the three six matchup. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, cap things off tonight. Um, it should be an interesting, fun series. I like it. I like that matchup. Um, I think that ultimately I'm going to – it's going to be hard, but I think Denver will make it interesting, but I'm going to go Golden State in six here. Um, Steph's health is in question, but I think with Jordan Poole, they got they got enough depth to overcome that, uh, and that's why it'll be a six-game series. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think they're going to step up. I think uh, that Draymond, you know, uh, this is our first time seeing Clay in two years in the playoffs since he had that uh, – that uh, Achilles injury uh, two years ago. So it should be a fun matchup. Probably my one of my favorite matchups of the of the um, of the of the first round. But yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna go uh, Golden State in on uh, six. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm gonna follow you right up with that. I'm gonna say Golden State in six for all the reasons you mentioned. And again, you get a Steph coming back. You know, he may be limited, but I don't even think they need that much. You know, and I can't. I, I mean, we're probably looking at Joker as the, the MVP again this year, and he is special. He will keep the team – he will keep it interesting. I think just for that reason, you know, they are going to be able to get, um, you know, two games. But, you know, it's just – if Steph looks like Steph and that team what, is – What pretty, if Jamal Murray come back, Los? No. I hadn't I, heard anything about him coming back. I, I haven't heard anything yeah. either. Uh, I, I just I, – I, I, don't, I don't see him coming back first round. But if he do, now we're talking – a series we can talk maybe seven games you know where it could go it's we talking a toss-up because i think jamal murray is just that special and even if he come in and play in a 10 15 minutes he's a threat on the floor he's a shooter on the floor you know he's better than a monte morris on the floor you know he's more he gives you more you to never think. like monte morris bro no, I, I just think i think he's okay you never liked his game bro. no i just think he's okay i don't think he's anything <laughs> special monte say now how did i get in this <laughs> he really don't like monte, bro. he really got something against monte monte I is a bro. solid player bro. I, that's what i'm saying he's just solid and that's what i mean by that and i think and i look at jamal murray and jamal murray has been times where he's just taking over in stretches yeah, no and Monte Morris doesn't have that to tap in. I think that gives Golden State something to think about when you put 
Jamal Murray on the floor. Even again, if it's like 15 minutes, he has those stretches where he can just get hot. Yeah, I mean, I think they with the beginning of the decline of Denver. I don't know what they cap situation was, but we talk about questionable moves with, with the GMs. They let Tory Craig go. They let um, Homie go to Orlando. I forgot his name. What was his name? He a guard defender. He used to stay hurt a lot, but ah, oh, come on, help me out. No, because they got um, they actually brought no, in uh, Aaron Gord, the dude with the headband. He played good defense. Not Aaron Gord, man. No, he a guard. The guard. Let me look this up. Yeah, only the guards I got from him is like Will Barton or something, but he not a yeah. defender. Uh, Who you got, Ramon? Uh, in the series, I have. Uh, I also have Golden State in six. Uh, it was it was going between five and six for me, but with Steph kind of working his way back, I'll go ahead and say six. Um, I think that ultimately that uh, Jokic is just that good. Uh, he's just that good to give his team a fighting chance, but I just don't think he has enough surrounding him to really make it a viable uh, series. So I'm going to say Golden State in six. Gary Harris. Oh, Gary, oh, Gary Harris. Yeah, they let him go, which they kind of lost their defensive presence. And then and um, what about the guy, uh, Grant, who they let go to Detroit? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he went to Detroit. Jeremy Grant. Like, bro, like, that was a, a, a wing, a three and D defender. I know he wasn't the vocal point of the offense like he is in Detroit, but, I mean, they, they let her go. They let go some solid pieces that I feel like they should have kept if they wanted to compete. And they but got yeah. Aaron. Yeah, I think. Go ahead, my bad. Go ahead. No, no, they got Aaron Gordon back, but Aaron Gordon really hadn't been Aaron Gordon since the, since the, his recent injury. So, yeah, I mean, I think you got to look at the fact too with this team and what they've been able to do, and not having Murray and MPJ. Like they're literally missing two of their three best players, like Jokic number one, yeah. <laughs> and then you got Murray and MPJ. That's two and three on the team, and they're still able to contend in the way that they have. So it's like. I wouldn't make it as like bad that okay they've shipped this and that off when you can still have that that you know big three right there and then bring Aaron Gordon along as well. I still think that they're a team that's well positioned when they're healthy <laughs> that they would be up there with anybody in the West. It's just the fact that they aren't healthy right now. Yeah, they definitely made those moves with mine with Michael Porter. I, Michael Porter hoping that he can stay healthy and that back injury which he had in college, you know, wouldn't be a factor. But yeah. So we got another fun series, guys, in the first round. Memphis and Minnesota. That game is today as well. Should be very fun. Uh, first, before we get to that, let's get to Minnesota and how they celebrated. Did y'all have any issues with how they celebrated? Make it Slightly. into the playoffs after the playing game? I mean, I know it meant more for Pat Bev and what he did to the Clippers. So it meant more to him. But, like, it was, <laughs> it's a little over the top, man. Just – I mean, throwing the jersey. He won the championship. I was confused. <laughs> he literally went like MJ after MJ won his 6-1. Like, you getting on the scorer's table. Like, he's just all the kind of stuff that was going on. It was just like a lot. You know, I mean, I partially, I get it a little bit, but it was still a little overkill. Man. Right. You can't jump on the scorer's table unless you win some type of title, whether that's the West. D-Wade. Nobody said nothing to D-Wade when he jumped on the table after winning the regular season game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even him, bro. He's he a game like, winner, though. Like, he's a, <laughs> didn't he like trip or something too? Getting up there, I don't know, bro. Like, it's just it, leave that to the champions, bro. Like when Kobe and the confetti was coming down and he was on, like that's what that's for, bro. Like you went to the playoffs just to get you know knocked out in the first round, like cool, like you know. 
Come on, Cancun on three. Man. You know, Ant Man looked like he was ready, boy. Uh, I think that in that playing game, Ant really showed a lot level of growth that I didn't know he had in him. In his second year, he took over that game, and uh, I think he had like thirty something points. Some I don't yeah, know, thirty, but you yeah, know, thirty five, thirty and five. Like points by you know, just just the the level that he's taken from last year to this year, like he was just a slasher last year. Now he he's shooting more effectively this year. And you know, the adverse of that is it was disappointing to see Cat's performance. You know, he couldn't keep his head. There were a lot of questionable calls on him, but he couldn't keep his head. I mean, if he planned on getting knocked out like that or getting worked up like that in the playing game, I can only imagine what he's gonna be like in the playoffs. So it was a little disappointing to see see that. Um, but yeah, ultimately, man, I think that, um, of course I got, uh, Memphis winning. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't think Minnesota, I, they may not get a game, man. They may not get a game, yeah. but I will, I, I, I'll give them one game. Maybe I, I'll do, uh, I'll do a Memphis and five only because D'Angelo Russell, Cat, um, Ant-Man, you got to think that Ant-Man can have one of those amazing games to will them to a win. Uh, and Cat as well, he has that potential. So I'm gonna go Minnesota in five. Uh, I mean Memphis in five. Memphis in five. Memphis. Okay. Five. <laughs> I said that was a plot twist, right? I'm like, whoa, bold move there. <laughs> I got a, I got a Memphis uh, in six. I think um, they are good enough. I think Memphis is young still. Now they're a good team. I think they're gonna have their playoff struggles to start off, but I think they figure it out. And I think Men- they're both young teams, really. I think just from that fact, I think, you know, you get two here, two home, and then I think they're going to finish it out in, on actually Minnesota's floor in six. I think it's going to be a fun series. You got two of the most athletic guys in John Morant and Anthony Edwards, you know, and when I can, when Anthony Edwards came out, me and Rob talked about this offline or off uh, air, um, you know, I was comparing him to Dwayne Wade. I was like, bro, uh, this guy's serious, you know. This dude's kind of got that Dwayne Wade ish to him, where he he's just special. Now he he's more athletic than Dwayne Wade, and at this point can't shoot better than Dwayne Wade coming into the lead. So um, you know, I, I really like his game, but again, to me, this series is what's going to determine this series is who we just talked about. Carl Anthony Towns, if he can be that guy, if he could be dominant, you know, he wants to be in the conversation as a top root, top center or whatever you want to call him, power forward. Um, he has to show up, man. Like, he has the size advantage on this team. He has to show up. He can't be doing these tic-tac fouls. He can't be throwing these fits. He has to play big in order for this team to even have a chance. If he doesn't show up, then this, this like you said, Rod, I think it may be five, but I got it uh, Memphis in six. Yeah, um, and, and to go along with that, I do think that Carl Anthony Towns will ultimately show up in this series. I do have faith and belief in him. I think for me, their X factor is honestly D'Angelo Russell. I think that as he goes along, I think that that is what could potentially elevate this you know team to make this a series. I'm going to also take... Um, Memphis in six um, and it's from the standpoint y'all already echoed some of the points so I won't rehash all the points but kind of the youth and inexperience a little bit um, but I do believe that Anthony Edwards he's a budding star in the league Car Anthony Towns is an all-star in this league and we've seen D'Angelo Russell be an all-star in this league too and so I think that when you have that kind of talent um, I think that they'll be able to uh, squeeze out two games in this series but ultimately Memphis is the better team.
Yep. So moving along, we got Toronto in Philadelphia with that four or five matchup there in the first round. Um, this one's going to be tough to me. Um, I don't feel comfortable making this pick, but you have to think that James Harden and MB find a way to get it done. So I, I'm going to go Philadelphia in six. I don't feel good about it. I really don't. I might even stretch that out to seven. You know, I'm, I'm going to go with seven. I'm going to go seven. Philadelphia uh, in a seven-game series, just because we, conventionally, historically, James Harden just simply doesn't show up in, in, in the playoffs. And then when I hear him in the press conference say that there's no pressure on him at all, that doesn't make me feel any better that he's going to walk into this uh, ready to play. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go, um, I think a lot's going to reside on MB's shoulders. And I think that it'll be a seven game series with Toronto. And then the thing about Toronto, you never know what version of Toronto you're going to get, because you might get a Toronto that looks like the better team some games, and some days they're going to look like they don't belong on the floor. That's just been Toronto all season. But yeah, I think Philadelphia will take care of business in seven. Yeah, I mean, I think this is another interesting series. You look back in the history of this, you look at Kawhi pretty much ending the, <laughs> the Sixers with that shot that I almost lost my life on because I was watching, kind of glancing at it while I was driving back home. But, like, oh, anyway, oh, that's neither oh, here nor there. <laughs> what? What? How did we get here? <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, that um, that it, it'll be interesting. I think this is when Embiid shows up and say, hey, this is a different me. This is a different – time i'm ready to arrive i'm not trying to leave the playoffs crying this year you know i'm trying to win this thing so i got the sixes and five wow that, that's pretty bold right there i'm i'm gonna go sixes still winning it i think that they're a the more talented team but i'm gonna take philly in seven uh i think that you know ultimately what it comes down to is that talent will win out but i think that nick nurse is a much better coach than Doc Rivers. Uh, Y'all already know kind of how I feel about Doc Rivers. He's never been a guy that I'm too high on. And so I think that ultimately, you know, and even what Nick Nurse uh, can do with his team defensively, how their scheme, they'll try as much as they can to take Joel Embiid out of it. But I think that ultimately uh, he still will be relatively dominant. I think that James Harden is so tough to say, but I think that he's going to be good enough. I don't think that he'll be special. I don't think that he'll completely choke it away, but I think he'll be good enough. I think it is one thing to look at. I want to say that Thibault can't play any of the uh, role games, you know, one of their best defenders on the wing. So I do think that that's something that has to be considered um, with the whole vaccination situation, him not being able to play in Toronto uh, because of the restrictions that they have. But I think that ultimately Philly is a better team. And so I do have uh, Philly being able to take this series in seven games ultimately yeah i think that's that's a good good prediction bro but again who's gonna guard and be brother who's gonna guard and be man like we see like no and they have no answer for and man like nothing like we always talked about um in the playoffs i felt like the, the everything kind of shrinks in the playoffs for the, you look at those teams right you look at the, a situation where um with Ben Simmons he wouldn't shoot you know it went, even when they double now they have James Harden who who's historically again like we talked about folded in the playoffs but you look at the situation now where okay when he's getting double you can kick it out to James Harden he can make a play he can shoot he can not only that he, he'll shoot that ball and that was the biggest thing that split up this Sixers team already with Ben Simmons being on that team was Embiid passed the ball to him and 
Ben Simmons was right on the rim and didn't take the shot. Like, that's what ended him last year. You know what I mean? I don't see that situation with James Harden. James Harden, if anything, he's going to take that shot. Whether he make it or not, who knows? But he's going to take that shot in those crunch situations. I think now, um, you know, and a lot of people's giving him crap, but he said he doesn't feel any pressure. I agree with that. I think he shouldn't have any pressure going into this. You know, it's like, hey, just 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 go back and just play. You on a good team now. You you not even you don't even have to be the best player. Just make plays. Yeah, uh I kind of feel two ways about that. Cause I mean, I, I still do ultimately feel like there is some pressure there. Like he he hasn't performed in the playoffs as he's needed to. And this is, you know, a big opportunity. You have Joel Embiid who, you know, is what a top five player that we have in this league at this point. And so there's really no excuse for James Harden, which to me inherently puts some pressure there. Now, what I will say as far as like matchup wise, uh, Toronto has gotten the better of them throughout the course of the regular season. I do know that it's regular season, but, you know, a lot of times the past is a good indicator and predictor of the future uh, with Toronto winning the season series three to one. And so I think that we have to pay attention to that. I think, like I said, that a big part of that is the coaching gap and Nick Nurse being just a much better coach than Doc Rivers. But still, ultimately, I got to think about Joel Embiid, that top two MVP candidate. I just think that that guy is going to ultimately, as you already mentioned and alluded to, Los, will his team to this series win? But I do think that it's a long series. Um, and so, yeah, ultimately, uh, Philly in seven. Yeah, and if you like you say, if anything about the history indicates the past, uh, I mean, anything about the past indicates the future, you look at how he performed when they played Brooklyn and how he was a shell, or James Harden was a shell of himself. And that was a regular season game, but that's still a really, really big game. So, man, I don't know, man. James got a glitch, and uh, he's going to have to – He's he got a lot to show right now, man. He's going to he gonna have to come with it, bro, because, uh, you know, he hadn't been looking too good in the playoffs and in big games in general. So, uh, moving along into the first round, we're wrapping it up with our last two matchups. We got Miami and Atlanta. Uh, we'll start off first, and then we'll get in. Oh, we got three we more matchups co- to go to. We no, did? we already covered. Uh, oh, my bad. But, yeah, so we do got two more. Boston and Brooklyn. Boston and Brooklyn in that 2-7 matchup. I think that's going to be a sneaky good series, man. It's not sneaky. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the headline of the first round. Yeah, that's my that's my one. I know I said uh, that the Golden State uh, won in Denver, but this is probably going to be my favorite matchup right here. Boston and Brooklyn, I'm stalling because I don't know which way to go. I don't know which way to lean. It's hard for me to root against Durant and Kyrie because they just playing just special and they can take over games. <sighs> Boston, they've been playing well all season. Or oh, they, uh, as of late, uh, after the All Star break, they've been playing really, really well. Mm. You trying to talk yourself into a way? Come on, <laughs> come on, man. Listeners are waiting. <laughs> you go. Um, I'm gonna go seven. I think this series gonna go to seven games. Okay. Drum roll! <laughs> Drum roll! <laughs> Listeners checking their sound like, did it go out? Uh, okay, okay. I mean, my heart, my heart wants to go with Boston, but my mind is telling me Brooklyn. So Who I don't you trust know. the most? Who you trust the most? Oh, man. Trust your mind. Yeah, he's trying to pick both. Then he's going to send it over to you, Los, after he just yeah. said it and just leave it. All right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Boston. Ah. 
Man, I'm wow. gonna go Brooklyn. I'm gonna go Brooklyn. <laughs> wow, you're really in the air, huh? Brooklyn is really a toss up. I, I think this is this will be a close series, and it's gonna be one of those like toe on the line type <laughs> Kevin Durant <laughs> series. Like you know, it can be that close. And um, I actually got Brooklyn winning it. Um, and I think a huge piece of this is um, Ben Simmons being able to come back at some point during this series, and them being able to put him in and just see how he matched with this team and him bringing the ball up and Kyrie playing that natural two guard and him also playing defense on the best player on the other team, you know, against Tatum again, this is again, assuming that Ben Simmons is healthy, but it's going to be great to see Ben Simmons get out there and actually match up against both of those guys. If they want to take away a Jalen Brown, they want to take away a Tatum, which again, they're not going to take away those guys, but give those guys some tough stretches. I got Brooklyn in six. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead. I'm, I'm taking Brooklyn as well. I'm taking Brooklyn in seven. Ultimately, I think a big swing for me too. Also in this series is the fact that Robert Williams, uh, may be out or maybe missing time. I know that he's been injured and he was a big presence defensively for Boston as they kind of righted that shift throughout the course of the season. Uh, do know, like I said, season series, Boston did kind of have the edge there, uh, winning that season series three to one. But I just think ultimately when you got those killers in Kyrie and KD, I just can't see those guys going out in the first round. Um, I do know that Jason Tatum has elevated his game this season. Uh, He is superstar status at this point. Jalen Brown has been playing as good as any number two uh, really within the league. And so it's definitely going to be a battle, uh, big time star power. Uh, Boston has been playing uh, probably arguably the best defense in the league. I think they lead the league in defensive efficiency at this point. Um, and defensive rating at this point. And so it's going to be a battle, but I just can't, I can't say that KD and Kyrie are going to go down in the first round. And so I got to take Brooklyn in seven. Okay. All right. Well, it's all set. Who did Lowe say? I'm sorry. I said Brooklyn Brooklyn in six. Brooklyn. So I'm the only one that I chose. I flip flops on <laughs> you. Brooklyn. You went back to Brooklyn, bro. You went Boston, then Brooklyn. Uh, let me tell you, you chose both. You chose both. That's what no, nah, man. I chose Brooklyn, man. I'm with Brooklyn, bro. I can't. I just can't. I just never feel comfortable rooting against KD and Kyrie. I understand Boston is a really good team. I just can't root against them, man. I just don't feel comfortable doing it, so I'm not gonna do it. And I hate being wrong. So, but that's how strongly I feel about it. So then we got the final matchup of the first round, much anticipated Bucks in Chicago. Ooh, I don't think you all right over there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think this series will be much of one. I think the Bucks are handled business six uh, in six games here. For obvious reasons, I don't have to go into detail. Yeah, I got the same Bucks in five. Uh, <laughs> and I'm actually gonna take it another level. Bucks in four. I Ooh. think the Bucks are gonna sweep. You don't think Lamar can wheel them in with a with a 55 point performance? I, I don't think that it will happen. I think that uh yeah, ultimately think so. things have just kind of gone off the rails for this Bulls team. Uh I think a big thing is that Bucevic has not been who they've anticipated that he would be. He hasn't been consistent in any regards, and more so lately, he just has been consistently not that good. Uh, and so I just – I think that the Bucks are kind of going to be operating on all cylinders. I think that that'll be a sweep, and so I got Bucks definitely in four. Okay, okay. 
Well, there you have it. First round of the playoffs. Hope that you enjoy that. Again, we're recording it the morning before the games get started, but that doesn't stop you from being able to listen to it because we still got a lot of good things uh, just going forward with predictions. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing some podcasts in the middle, maybe some emergency podcasts. Who knows? You know, depending on how things, if big stories drop and stuff, we'll try to keep you in tune. Uh, we're ready to work. Uh, we thank you for rocking with us this long. O underscore Benchwarmers for on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking to follow us on social media, and then you can subscribe to the podcast, Opinionated Benchwarmers, on uh, any podcast platform. And we're on Facebook, Opinionated Benchwarmers is the search. Thank you for hanging with us. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. We out of here.